Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Are you ready for the word of the Lord today? I'm so excited. Today, we're in our Healthy Choices series. This is message two of our series called Healthy Choices. Last week, we talked about the importance of taking the next step. If you missed last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's message again. If you need it, we'll get it to you. And, um, and it's very, very powerful. Today, we get to talk about the, cho- the choice of, or, or the challenge to choose the generous life. Somebody say the generous life. Now listen, I love pastoring Grace Church. In fact, one of the most fun things that I love to do, and this happens all the time in, in, in a lot of different areas. I could be playing pickleball. I could be, I could be playing golf on the golf course. I could be striking up a conversation with somebody at the grocery store. You know, one of you could introduce me to somebody else that you know, maybe a friend or a neighbor. And the conversation always comes up, especially among men, what do you do for a living? And, and I love, I, I want you to know how much I love saying, well, I have the privilege of pastoring Grace Community Church in Rupert. I love that. I just, it just, it, it's, it's just so good, especially if it's been on the golf course and they've been cussing all day. And, and then if I, like, I really, really, really love that. I just love that shocking on. And, uh, but, but you know why I love it so much is because Grace Church has such a great reputation in our community. I mean, like we're, we're really making a difference um, not only in this community, but people hear the difference that we're making around the world. And so I can tell you this, that I don't know if I would like pastoring as much as I like pastoring now if my call was to pastor a bunch of stingy, sit-on-your-hands people, a bunch of people that didn't have a vision to move come on the the kingdom of God forward in this community and around the world. I can just tell you, I would still do it because I'm called to do it, but I can tell you this, I wouldn't enjoy doing it as much as I enjoy doing it now. I want you to know that Grace Church is filled with generous people who are excited about moving the kingdom of God forward. And that makes my job super fun. And, and super exciting. And I take a lot of joy in being able to say that I'm the pastor of Grace Church. So let's not, let's not misunderstand that there are Scrooges in life. There are Scrooges in life that they, they find it their purpose and their calling to tighten down the screws on anything that will, that will advance what it is that God is trying to do. And I'm just telling you this, that if you don't know it, nothing gets done quickly in environments like this. Uh, In fact, I'm I'm a a pastoral oversight for some different pastors that pastor in different communities. And, um, and, And I can just tell you that the structure of some of the churches, how they're set up, I'm telling you, you'll have a great idea, a God idea. Somebody say a God idea. 
You'll have a God idea in 2020, and maybe by the, by the time 2023 rolls around, you know what I mean? They're taking steps to put this God idea into motion. Why? Because I feel there are people that their calling in life is to, is to just tighten the screws on anything that is going to advance the kingdom of God. So, so um, nothing gets done this way. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. Isaiah 32 and verse 8 says this, a generous man devises generous things and by generosity he shall stand. And so this is showing us here that um, the generous people are always looking for ways to be generous. And, and I want you to know that if you're given an opportunity to live open-handed or close-fisted, Open-handed is God's way. Open-handed is God's way. And so this is really going to minister to all of us, but it's really going to minister to a few people today. The word generous is this, showing a readiness to give more of something than is necessary or expected. Now, in the Bible, there's so many scriptures. There's so many different ways that I could have gone um, talking about generosity. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, I really believe that these are two scriptures, two chapters that show us how to live the generous life more than any other chapters in the Bible. And so before we dive in, I want you to know this, that, that, that first of all, the reason why I'm sharing this is because we have a melting pot of people that call Grace Church their home church. Like there are a lot of different people that come from a lot of different places and you may have been conditioned in a previous location or previous church and you're thinking that we are this way uh, as well. And I want you to know that, that there's, there are many embarrassing things that are done in the name of getting people come on off center to be generous, to give to a certain cause. I mean, there's trickery that happens unfortunately sometimes in the church. There's pressure, there's hype, there's manipulation. And I just want you to know this, that we are not about any of these things, nor will we ever be. Um, whenever we take up our offering, I want to remind you how we take up our offering. At the end of the service, usually Pastor Matt will say, listen, something like this. You know how to give, church. You're a generous church. Go ahead and give. We give you the opportunities you can give on the, you know, you can give, you know, in the, not the buckets any longer, but the, by the, the boxes that are hanging on the back wall. You can give online, da, 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 da. We'll pray for the giving, and we give. That's how we do things here. This is not the church where you get two sermons, the message on giving and then the regular message that you're supposed to give for that day. We are not that church. And so that will never be how we do things here at Grace, at Grace Church. And so I also want to point out that while I would never justify why people do, do it this way with the, 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 the hype, the trickery, the manipulation, while I would never do, uh, that would never be my approach, I want you to know this, I understand it as a person that has a great responsibility to advance the kingdom of God in the community that I'm, that I'm called to serve. And so let's just say, and this isn't the case, this is a very generous church, but let's just say I looked out any given Sunday and I saw a bunch of people that were sitting on their hands, they never wanted to do anything, and they were the most stingy people in the whole community. 
I could understand why somebody, a woman or a man that has the responsibility to advance the kingdom of God would resort to just about anything to get people off center so that they could, they could be a part of building the kingdom of God in which God is, has mandated that we do. And so while I would never do it, somebody say, praise the Lord. I can say, I understand it. I understand how they could resort to that. And so, but when you live life with visionary people, like we do here at Grace Church, visionary people that understand the cause in which we've been called to accomplish, then great things can happen, not only in the community, but around the world. And I want you to know this, that Grace Church, not the only church, but Grace Church certainly has changed and impacted this community in ways that, that none of us can even, can even measure. I mean, we are making such a big difference in this community by being the church that God has called us to be. And guess what? There's no pressure, no hype. Right? We're not, trying to, we're not trying to sell you something that you don't need. We're not trying to make something look better than what it is. There's no pressure. Somebody say, no pressure, no hype. Now say it together. No pressure, no hype. Sounds like a car commercial or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Come down and see us. No pressure, no hype. And we love our car salesman here. So that wasn't a jab or anything like that. So we got car salesmen here. You got to be careful about anything that you speak of because somebody's going to get offended. All right. So we love our car people. Many churches also have built a system that requires abuse to get a response. It's almost like a parent that that is conditioned their child to only do what they're asking their child to do whenever they end up screaming, yelling, and throwing things. It's like the child has been taught and trained that they don't have to mind until mom loses her mind. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's not, that's not who, we, who we are as well. There's no abuse. There's no, you know, there's, there's just none of that high pressure stuff that, that makes you feel like, man, if I do not live the generous life, then I'm not going to be saved. I'm not going to listen. It has, we, are not that, we are not that church. That's not the spirit of Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave. Somebody say he gave. In fact, the truth is, is we'd be, all be on our way to hell if God wasn't generous like he is. And so we're just called to be like he is and to live that open-handed, generous life. So in Corinth, what happened is, is and this is the, the backstory, they took a faith pledge to help people that were persecuted and people that were, were, were starving, other believers in, in different parts of, the, of, of their, of their well-known world. And so, but yet Corinth had not yet fil fulfilled this, this, um, this, this faith pledge. And so they raised the money, but they had not given the money. And so, so they collected an offering, but the offering hadn't gotten to where it was supposed to go. And so Paul, in his second letter, somebody say second letter, he notified them um, that he was sending men to collect this offering that they, had, that they had brought together. And so I want us to realize what this is called. This is called moving finance in the kingdom. 
It's no different than what we do anytime that we raise money and we send it out to the Gideons. Anytime that we raise money, I want you to know these last two years, we have raised money and built two churches in two countries that most of you will never go and see. But yet there are churches that Grace Church has, has funded that we have given the finances to build these churches and there are thriving churches that are taking place in the Dominican Republic and now also Uganda, just in the last two years. This isn't even going back. This isn't going way back. This is just what's happened recently. And so it's called moving finance in the kingdom of God. It's what we do all the time here at Grace. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 1 says this, the apostle Paul said, I really don't need to write you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. And it's the same way that I feel today. I really don't have to speak to a wonderful, generous people, Grace Church, about the ministry of giving as to why we give. Why do I not need to speak about this very much? Because we are a generous church. Not very many people are sitting on center wondering, you know what I mean? Should they be faithful with their tithes and their offerings? This is a very generous church. Not only do they give, but they give above and beyond. And so verse 2 says this, For I know how eager you are to help, the Apostle Paul said. And I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send your offering a year ago. You collected it a year ago. You were ready to send it a year ago. In fact... Your enthusiasm stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving too. So people that had far less than what it is that you have, those people were so moved and motivated of your generosity that they are also participating in giving as well. But I am sending these brothers to you to be sure that you really are ready. Like I've been boasting, I've been, I've been celebrating you, and boy, I don't wanna, I don't wanna look foolish, and I don't want you to look foolish because you thought you should spend that money on something else. It's been a whole year, a lot could happen in a year. And so, so he says, uh, I wanted to make sure that you are really ready as I have been telling them and that your money is all collected. I don't wanna be wrong in my boasting about you. So can I just tell you this, that one key to effective generosity is being ready. It's being, it's being prepared, it's called readiness. Like you're never gonna be generous if you're not prepared to be generous. Like, like so many people are like, you know what, boy, whenever I get this job or whenever I get this paid off, then I'm going to be generous and I'm going to live open handed. And I'm just telling you that will never come. You're not living generous. You're living close fisted at that point. And so so you'll never be generous if you're not prepared to do so. I want us to think about this, that we're standing before the Lord. This isn't hype manipulation, but I think about this a lot. We're standing before the Lord and God says, listen, what did you do with all that I've given you? What did you do? I gave you Jesus. He bled out on a cross. He died for your sins. Like, what, do you, what did you do with Jesus is the question. And to say, well, you know what? I was really afraid to go on that mission trip that God, I knew you were calling me to go on. Like, that's not going to carry much weight, Right. I was afraid to really live out loud. We call it living out loud when we're, when we're open about our relationship with Jesus. I was really afraid to live out loud because I was afraid what people were going to think. 
Man, I really never gave because I always forgot my checkbook. Like all of these things are not going to, they're not going to be very, God's not going to be very impressed whenever he is always prompting us. He's always giving us opportunity to, to be generous with our time, to be generous with our resources, to be generous with our giftings and our talents. And we're always making excuses as to why why somebody else needs to just take care of that. Somebody else can just participate, all right? So at Grace, I want you to know this, that there are several people that whenever they're going out on vacation, it is so cool to me, I think it's so awesome, they will come by the church first, if they're not gonna be there for Sunday morning, they will come by their church and take care of their business before they go by handing over their tithe. And I just think that is incredible. Why would somebody do that? Because their giving of their first fruits is a priority. Somebody say a priority. They want to give to God what belongs to God first. And so they won't even go out of town. They could easily have mailed it in. They could have easily brought it back whenever they came back from their vacation. But they give it. They come and they give it to the house of the Lord before they even go on vacation. And I just love that spirit of generosity. They're intentional about it. Verse four says this, we would be embarrassed if I sent these guys to collect what you've already said that you've got to give. If I sent them and you didn't have it, he's saying we would be embarrassed and you would be embarrassed too. If some of the Macedonian believers came with me and found out that you were not ready after all that I told him. So I sent these brothers ahead just to make sure that the gift that you promised is ready. But this is what the apostle Paul says. I want you to really pay attention to this. But I want it to be a willing gift, not one giving grudgingly. And I'm just telling you this, this is the language that we use at Grace Church all the time. If you cannot give cheerfully today, then don't give until you can give cheerfully. You know what I mean? Because it's, generosity is really a heart issue. Like so many other issues, it really comes down to trusting in the Lord. It's like, man, I don't know if I'm faithful with this, if I can really trust the Lord by giving what rightfully belongs you know, to him. And so we say, listen, if that's the case, if you can't give it cheerfully, then don't give it at all until you can give it cheerfully if it's it's if it's if it's grudgingly certainly you know keep it in your keep it in your pocket and I want you to know at Grace Church because of the way that we've handled things and the way that we do things I want you to know that that we never run 30 days short I want you to know that at Grace Church never one time have we put a bulletin together I've been to churches like this maybe you have too put a bulletin together which, which outlines what needs to come in for the week or the month or the year and what has actually come in. And that number is in the red because there's a big deficit between what has come in and what is needed to come in. Can I just tell you this, that the generosity, because we are a giving church, we are one of the only churches that I've, that I've ever been a part of, that I even know. In fact, talking to other pastors, they're wondering, how in the world are you debt-free? You just purchased and built a, a new lobby. You've renovated the whole youth room. You've built a brand-new sanctuary, and you're debt-free? Yes, we're debt-free right? Because of the spirit of generosity, because of the people that call Grace Church their home church. And, um, and I'm telling you, there's a, there's a, 
a huge blessing that comes whenever you live open-handed instead of close-fisted. We're ready, we're thoughtful, and because of that, we always minister out of excess. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't it a beautiful thing to be a part of a church that ministers out of excess? Verse 6 says this, remember this, and this is your Bible. You can't argue with it. A farmer who plants only a few seeds, and you know, he gets a small crop. But the one who plants generously gets a large crop. Verse 7 is key. I want you to really pay attention to verse 7. It says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. So verse 7, it says, that, and then it says, for God loves a cheerful giver. So who's the person? It says you. And so you are the person that it's talking about. You're the person. You're the person. I'm the person. Everybody is the person. You're the person. What's the opportunity? As he decides. So, Joe, you're the person as you decide. Where do you decide it? In your heart. You're the person that decides in your heart. What's the perversion? The perversion is reluctantly or, or, or if you're manipulated to do so. So there's no perversion here. The principle is because God loves a cheerful giver. So you give what you, what you feel you're supposed to give out of the abundance and the love in your heart for what God has done to you. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. This is what it means to live the generous life. Verse 8, and it says, Then after you have given, you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over. Why? So you could give some more. So you can share with others some more. And so verse 8, I want you to know that there's two words, there's two Greek words for the phrase, everything that you need. The first word is this. It means, um, it means having all that you need to live a life that never requires special help. Having all that you need to live a life that never requires special help. So whenever you live the generous life, you're going to have all that you need to live a life that, that doesn't require special help. The second definition is not the definition that is used. The second word is not the, use the word that's used here. It means this, an ability to do numerous things. And this isn't the word that is used in this sentence. So God can give you a life so that you'll never need to call for special help. This is also found in Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19 says, My God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Verse 8b is what I would call it. The latter part of verse 8, it says, And plenty left over to share with others. So when you live the generous life, not only are your needs going to be taken care of, but God is giving, come on, his gift and his blessing into your possession because he trusts you to make sure that the needs of others are being supplied in and through your generosity. See, you thought that you were just brilliant and hard worker and was able to, you know what I mean, land the right job. But you need to realize that all of these things have been given so that you and I can live the open-handed life and not the close-fisted life. How do we share with others? Here's just a few how we share with others at Grace Church. Number one, Gideons. Terry Downs, thank you again for being here today. Right? Open invitation every single year. The Gideons can come whenever it is that they feel like they need to come here because we support them. 
And there's never been one time where we have written the Gideons a check where I've been embarrassed about the check that we've written. Not once. Why? Because we're a generous church, right? Other things, Uganda mission. We just, we just built the church over there, you know, raised the money for it. And the church is thriving. I, I got to show you some videos real soon. But the Cuba mission, we go to Cuba. Samaritan's mission. There's a Samaritan's Purse mission that's coming up still in November, right, Josh? How many positions are available? Four positions are available. Um, teams of husbands and wives are, are great, but if you just want to go, I'm just telling you, this is an incredible opportunity to go help some people that are in need. Their, their homes have been destroyed in and through flooding, and we get a chance to rebuild. And I'm telling you, you're thinking, well, I don't have any skills. They'll teach you what it is that you need to know. And I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It'll absolutely change your life. And so if you're interested in doing that, go see Josh Walton, and he'll give you more information about that the my 360 is the we we started a build center in uganda for my 360 hiring uh, a bunch of bunch of kids over there to or uh, not kids but adults over there to build shoes for kids that sounded fun we hired a bunch of kids and almost made made it sound bad like a sweat lodge or something like that you know i'm like let's clarify let's clarify that these are shoes that are providing jobs for kids that are in need of them because so much disease comes through the feet. The DR mission, we've got a church that we've built over there, amen, that is thriving. Just recently got some good pictures back from that. It was on pause for a little while. I also want you to know that Doggo, we got other pastors in our community. Who knows Doggo that cuts hair down on the square? Doggo goes to Honduras almost every year, and I tell him, listen, when you go to Honduras, Come and see me because I want to give you some money from Grace Church to go down and minister because we want to sow seed in Honduras. We're not going down. He's not even a part of our church. He pastors another church. But we want to support the work that he's doing. And guess what? You and I, we get to share in that. We've got a backpack ministry. We've got a shoebox ministry that tens of thousands of dollars every year, come on, is raised in this community and in this church to send the gospel and gifts, necessary gifts, all around the world. And guess what? We're a big, 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 big part of that. In fact, so much that what, what is it called where we're becoming the center? We are the central drop off in our, in our territory, in our area. You know why? Because we've got such a heart. We've got teams of people that have such a tremendous heart come on for this ministry. And it's incredible. And they're, they're identifying that Grace Church, come on, is the church that needs to, needs to handle this responsibility. Locally, we have just multiplicities of different ministries that are building and advancing the kingdom in our area. We've got things like the Mimico Christian Ed that we, that we sow seed into and go above and beyond there. And Hayburn Alternative School, um, Cancer Society, Salvation Army, the Women's Shelter, Feeding the Poor, Gas Vouchers. I give gas vouchers out on, on somewhat of a regular basis. And, and guess what? I really feel that one of the things that's coming up and you just need to get ready for is I feel like God is calling us to build a gymnasium. It's calling us to, first of all, we gotta talk to the, we gotta, we gotta talk to the landowners and see if we could buy the property first. So be praying about that. And then building a gymnasium 
in, 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 in a step of faith, come on to, to be ready for a school. If God ever opens the door to bring in, come on, a, 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 an administrator that has just got a calling, you know what I mean, to do that with the spirit of excellence. And so, so, so there's more about that, I'm sure, that we're going to hear soon. But so many opportunities. Verse 9, it says, as the scriptures say, and he's referring all the way back to the book of Psalms, chapter 122. In this message, this reference is Psalm, chapter 122. It says this, or I'm sorry, 112. They freely, or they share freely, and they give generously to the poor. Who does? The people that live generously, and, they're, and they're, there's plenty left over to, to make this happen. They share freely, and they give generously to the poor. They're good deeds forever remembered. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides seed for the, for the farmer and bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in who? In you inside of you. So wow, he supplies, God is the one that supplies seed to the sower. You mean I couldn't even have anything to sow unless God was the one that provided? That's exactly what it's saying. If you have anything good, if you have any seed to sow, it's because God has been good to you. It's not you. It's not because you're just a little bit better than the next person. I'm telling you, it's because God has given it to you. So there's one thing to believe in the principle of sowing. There's another thing to have something to sow. And it very well could be possible that, that somebody doesn't have much to sow because they've handled what has been giving to them, given to them in the past incorrectly. And you're just going to have to kind of work that out yourself. But I want us to know that I'd have nothing to give without God being generous toward me. The King James Version, the same verse in verse 10, it just breaks it down just a little bit simpler. It says this, so God supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. I want us to notice the difference just right there. God gives seed to the sower and bread for food. See, there is some seed that God gives to you that is not supposed to be consumed. There's seed to sow and then there's other seed for food. And it's such a tragedy in our world today that a lot of people are taking the blessing of God that God gives to them. They wouldn't even have seed to sow, but they're taking the blessing of God, the seed of God that is supposed to be sown into the ground, into ministry, into going and doing, but they're consuming that seed. Let me ask you this. If you were a farmer and all you had was seed, you didn't, have a, you didn't have a bank account. You didn't have you know, a certain loan amount. But all you had is you took a portion of your seed that was going to be sown for the next year and you consumed that seed. How long do you think you'd be farming? How long would you be farming? You wouldn't. You would eat yourself out of opportunity. And so this is what happens in a lot of places, certainly not in a lot of people in this church, but certainly there are people in this church that are not living generous. They are consuming for themselves the seed that is supposed to be sown back in the ground. And I'm just telling you, to live the incredible life, to make a healthy choice, if this is you, nobody knows it. I have no idea what people, what people give, what people don't give. Nobody knows it but you and God. But if you are a person 
that is not living generous, I'm just challenging you just like Malachi. Give it a test. Try it and see if God will not pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. All right. So it's not good to eat the seed that's supposed to be sown. I think we can all, I think we can all just say amen to that. Most of us can say, some of us, maybe one of us can say amen, amen to that. Okay. <laughs> all, most, some, one. All right. All right. Verse 11 says this, yes, you will be enriched in every way. Why will you be enriched? So that you can continue to be generous. Why will you be enriched in every way? So that you can continue to be generous. Why will you be enriched in every way? So that you can continue to be. Why will God enrich you in every way? Why will God give you more than what you had even before you were generous the first time? So you can be generous in every way. This is the word of God, my friends, good stuff. And we, and when we give our gifts to those that are in need of them, they will thank God. So Paul is saying living generous is gonna bless you, but it's also going to turn the heart of other people towards God. Verse 12 says this, two good things result from the ministry of giving or generosity. The needs of other believers will be met and they will thank God. Because of your ministry of generosity, they will give glory to God. Your generosity will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And I'm just saying this once again. If you've chosen not to be generous, I'm encouraging you to change your mind. Because these, this is a series called Healthy Choices. And your choice to be to keep it all to yourself or to give what rightfully belongs to the Lord is simply that. It is a choice. Somebody say it's a choice. It's a choice. And we need to know what it is that the word of God says and how he prompts us. And then we make a choice. And if you can't do it cheerfully, then don't do it at all. But boy, if you can, then there is a beautiful, beautiful, there's just a blessing in walking with God with a generous heart. So it's interesting. It's interesting that many pastors will not talk on this subject. They will not touch giving they will not talk about living generous and this is what I always figured that God's word is not in need of apology like you don't have I, like I, I I think it's so disgusting honestly when people come up it's like you know we're gonna take the offering and and uh you know I really hate asking you to be faithful and and giving but it's really what moves the kingdom of God and and just kind of like just weak Sally just weak wet you know i'm like this is crazy to me and so we don't have to apologize for the word of the lord right we like you, you, we just have to we just have to we just have to examine ourselves whenever god's word said something right we examine ourselves and we choose if we're going to do it or not it's like anything else the other thing, the reason why I am so bold and being able to talk about such a topic is because I exercise what it is that I'm, what I'm sharing you to do. In fact, I would say this, that if you are ever asked to take the offering at Grace Church, and if you are not a generous person yourself and don't participate in the tithes and offerings, then please say no. Act like you're sick or something. You don't have to, you don't have to, you honestly don't have to give me any reason whatsoever, but please don't get up here and ask somebody else to do something that you yourself don't trust God to do yourself. 
And so I'm just telling you that I can talk about this because my wife and I are faithful in the giving of our, of our tithes and offerings into the, into the advancing of the kingdom of God around the world, not just in this community, but, but around the world. And so, so it's a beautiful thing, you know, whenever you can do that. There's a lot of pastors that, that feel like this, the, the portion of generosity doesn't speak to them because it's really, it's, it's, it's what comes to them. But I just don't agree with that. I think that if I'm gonna ask somebody, man, I better be doing it myself. I want you to know this through your generosity, we keep hope alive in this community. I love that song that we sing. You keep hope alive. From the beginning to end, your word never fails. Yeah, right? You guys want me to keep going? <laughs> we do, though. We keep hope alive in this community. Do you realize that there's a lot of people that we are able to be a blessing Come on, in this community because of the generosity by which we live. I got to hurry up. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Verse 14, and they will pray for you. These people that are recipients of your generous blessing will pray for you with deep affection. Why? Because of the overflowing grace that God has given you. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. I think this is so great. So the Apostle Paul, so prolific, so fruitful in his life, so giving, so, so generous. The Apostle Paul, so poetic in his words. The Apostle Paul, so educated, more educated than anybody else in the entirety of this congregation or, or online. The Apostle Paul comes to the place where he said, listen, I have no words to speak about how awesome it is to live generous. What does he say? He says, he says, generosity is too wonderful for words. This gift is too wonderful for words. So listen, turn to your neighbor. No, don't turn to your neighbor. Just say this to me. To, no, don't even say this. But if you're surrounded by stingy people, <laughs> if, you're, if you're surrounded by stingy people, be generous. And if, you, if, if, there, are, if there are economic indicators that's saying, don't be generous, don't be generous, be generous. Once again, I want to go back. That, the, that Paul's encouragement of these folks in Corinth that were given this offering, it challenged even the people that had far less in Macedonia to rise up and say, you know what? If they're doing that, then we're also going to be generous and we're going to give as well. So if there's economic downturns and indicators and inflation rates and things like that, like if you think that you're smarter than God, don't go down that road. Be generous. Live generous. Amen? All right, so turn to your neighbor and, and, and tell them, take care of yourself. This is participation. Take care of your children. Like, like leave them an inheritance is what I'm saying. It's good that you leave them an inheritance. And then turn to your neighbor and say, take care of your church. Can I remind you that there are no U-Hauls in heaven? There are no U-Hauls in heaven. You can't take it. And somebody that has been on the threshold of death myself, that crossing over point, I promise you that 401k is not even going to be, it's not even going to be a concern. I'm telling you there are things that matter 
and things that don't. And God has given you what you have, and he's given me what I have to be good stewards of it. He blesses us to what? To be a blessing, right? And guess what? This is my, my, ending, my ending point. Um, the Bible says that I am the friend of God. Somebody say, I'm the friend of God. I'm not the enemy of God. I give what I give because I choose to, not because I have to. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for these beautiful people. And I thank you for this wonderful church that is truly making a difference around the world and in our community. God, I pray that you would continue to give us fresh vision and fresh ideas and then bring, bring the, the, the resource to fulfill. We never, God, I'm asking you, please, never allow us to be that church where we make a foolish decision and then money becomes the main topic, the, the main object. There's nothing wrong with money. The love of money is the root of all evil. But loving, uh, money moves things. Loving money. I don't know where that was coming from. Loving money moves things. That's a new song. I don't know. Get off of it, Travis. Whoa. Money moves things in the kingdom of God. And so we're asking you, Lord, just to help us to continue to be good stewards of all that you have entrusted to us. Let us hear your directions and the steps that we're supposed to be taking. And let us be bold in taking those steps. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you all. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.